cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, it's not, heavy. Soft on time. It's, it's heavy. Okay. Hello, and a massive warm welcome to the Vastures Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keyes of SystemBet.co.uk, and with me this evening is John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot, and chewing the fat tonight also is Lorne Malver. Uh, a contributor on our on our website, and um, he's done an article for us, and I'm hoping he's going to do another article for us this week or something. Well, I will. Point. Yeah. Um, got some good feedback for that article, so welcome, Chris. Um, so hopefully, um, you'll find our chit chatter about tonight's topics rather enjoyable. We've we've certainly got a, a bit to chew the fat and some great questions as well. So thank you for those because you make the show. So we're going to start off, gentlemen, um, with just just reviewing. Uh, the the Cheltenham November meeting, um, you know, any 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 anything that sort of took your eye over three days, any any talking points that we can go mull over, John, anything anything that you, you know, want to want to start me off on? The only, only thing really I'm taking away from Cheltenham is looking at the old loans. Some <laughs> dreadful, some um, dreadful tipping. Oh, um, I did think that third time lucky is becoming a bit of a hype machine uh, for not beating anything a couple of times. Yeah, uh, maybe a bit more on that later, but um, don't see why it should be getting flagged up as the second coming on what it's done so far. Because it got a little bit low at a couple of senses. Get excited about. Um, I thought Sue Smith's winner in the big race yesterday did it quite well of her hand position after getting stuffed by the uh, the carrots job last year in that uh, that big race round I think it was at the, the December mate and won this. Um, yeah, it was um, uh, the, uh, <coughs> the the other one. I used to call it was it it's Caspian caviar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Mick 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 Winter Mick Winters or Chatham Street lad. He was mm-hmm. he was he was lying on the floor uh, doing doing snow angels or mud yes, angels. Yes, Yeah, I remember that. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I mean, yeah. Uh, and he, and he thought he probably thought to himself, "I've put too much in here." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the the horse could have done another, another lap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so Mick's thinking, oh. I might have got away with that. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, like you said, John, probably, probably just his, and, and it was all out on its feet at the line. Was Midnight Shadow absolutely? Yeah. It was ready to collapse. Any, 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 any more yardage, and and it was done. One of it, yeah. Yeah, it was a good effort. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we were as bar stewards, we were extremely upset um, to see um, the bumper winner Bonte. Um, uh, do the business um, in the uh, finale of the bumper yesterday. The the, the mayor's open national really flag. Really yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I can honestly say that um, I was I was absolutely belly busting for the other one to to get up and beat it, and it, and and it was sad scenes. The ginger Hitler ended up with his three point win nap. The good news is, folks, 
that I'm going to hit him heavy on the rule four. There was some big rule fours um, in the morning, and I'll make sure I'll find out who the biggest rule fours were and uh, take that off him. Um, So, yes, we've got to be fair in this game. You know, we've been asked for fairness on our on our on our tipping. So, so so for punters, uh, we'll hit ginger. With, you, um, you can tell he'd done all right yesterday because he was on the blow and to get me to go for a game of snooker at lunchtime. And uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> And rightfully so, John, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you, did any of you chaps uh, capture anything today? That I mean, well, wasn't it poor fair today? I, I mean, I mean, barring the Greatwood, I mean that is a poor excuse for a. For a national hunt card in November, in well, the middle of November, in essence. I mean, you know, we've got. I, I, I cannot believe that you know that end up with three runners. The the, the finale. The I like to move it. Um, uh, Picar and Washington as as a pumpkin um, took it took his out of that. I, I just find it astonishing in this day and age, which could lead us really on to our first topic this week, which is regarding the small fields. Um, and the problem we've got for the national hunt scene, which is, you know, the small fields in these novice chases, especially, and novice races, graded races. Obviously, trainers are frightened to death uh, to run anything and get close up to anything. I get that. I understand it. Um, some questions on this. Damiano says, what do the three wise men? Well, I don't know about that, but but think can be done about the appalling field sizes in novices in the UK. Pathetic. And this is followed up. Um, basically, J- J- Jason Jackson, um, he says, uh, you can't beat last week's rants. Well, I know that's thanks to John. But theory on the shit, on the shit small fields. If the Irish hadn't turned up, we'd have had no races at all in some cases. Is, the, is there a way the programme book can add, remove prize money per runner added, scrap novice chases and make all graduations? I'm interested to, see, to hear what, what, what you guys think on this. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting... And the solutions are quite tricky, I think. So I'm going to come to you, to you, Chris, if you can um, give me a, a soundbite as to how, how, would, how do we solve the small runner fields? It, it's really tricky. I mean, I, I think race planning is, is a real skill. But but what, as a layman and as a relative outsider, there's absolutely no doubt that there's something wrong, isn't there? I mean, you, you know, I, I, I'm always sort of anti quite of the sort of Twitter pylons. But I think Jeff Banks has made the point um, ad, ad infinitum that, that you've got a, a, a showcase meeting in November where you've got a handful of runners and, you know, something's got to be done. Now, I think, you know, it needs it needs a proper look centrally about how these programmes are put together. But, you know, do I have an answer to it? No. But but what I can tell you, it makes for very poor betting fare and very poor spectacles for, for, for people watching the game. I mean, because, yeah, look, I mean, I'm not in the camp where, you know, you need 30 runner field all the time because it's exciting from a punting perspective that's not good either but when you've got sort of three and four runner races it just you know the, you know Cheltenham should everyone should be excited by it and I think you know the general vibe is that people are really just underwhelmed by the whole program so so it needs fixing but what you do I've really no idea 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a quandary. I have got some thoughts, but obviously I want to hear you two, if, if you two have any solutions. Well, I mean, I've John... Any, if you've just heard. Well, <laughs> I, I, know, I know. I mean, the thing is, Bob Ollinger was due to be declared um, at, at, at Punchestown on, on Saturday, old, old Bob. And um, there was still an Irish arguing, well, there were, there were 14 runners. But but as, as we know, chaps, um, it doesn't matter how big the field size is. Um, it just it, it's the amount of triers in these races are off off you, you know if you exactly we know it's like Bob Ollinger who wants to run you know five lengths second to that you know on its on its novice chase debut you know it's 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 a quandary um, and John I mean what's your take on this? There's too many opportunities for too few horses. Um, yeah. Because this is now happening year on year, getting these fiddle-ass fields at Cheltenham. Um, you know, it'll be similar for the novices and the novice chases at the Hennessy meeting. And uh, really, you might as well go away with these races. You know, I mean, yeah. just just go, fill it the programme well completely and uh, start the novice programme in December. You know, making boxing there, you, your start-up point, something like that. Trainers are showing you they don't want these races, so respond to it, you know. Take the opportunities away from them. Um, if they're not prepared to run their horses for decent money like that, then they'll be saying, hey, we can actually count them. Well, I'd fucking look because you haven't even bothered running horses in previous years, so this is what you're going to be getting left with, you know. Yeah. We talk about market crosses, let, let the market crosses dictate the programme to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the prize we were off of some of these races is quite impressive. Um, and, yeah. and it must be it must be very disappointing for tracks to, to, to get, you know, to get, get, get the run as they do. Um, as for solutions, uh, I listened to Ruby Walsh the other day on Racing TV and he, he stated that he felt, that it would be better for in Britain for them to have at least two runs in in novice chases. The problem with that, we've we've already tried that, and all it all it resulted in was the same. What was what's happening in Ireland? Really, you might get more runners, but mm. still, there'd, there'd only be two triers. Literally, you know, and and you'd get a field that had set off where the, the a bit like novice hurdles in this country now, where two or three will set off towards the front, and the rest are giving them ten or fifteen start after two hurdles. And 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 they're all just sat there having a you know having a chimwag talking about the weather. Um, so, I, mean, yeah, I, so I, think, I think racing's on its ass, Lee, but I think jump racing especially so. Do you think? Do you think that's caused by um, like the way that the festival uh, has been? Like, for example, the flat season. You've you, there's there's no specific like festival or target is there you've literally got ascot goodwood york uh, doncaster you've got the champions day at the end you you've got you you, you could leave, if you've got a decent flat horse you could just literally run in anything you want and target anything you want however the jump the jump scene it literally is now they've built it up all around one meeting and one meeting only and the problem with that is that a lot of trainers and owners you know, oh, we, 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 we've put all together in a kitty with the syndicate of us. We've bought this nice point to pointer. We've gone to the sales. We've paid 80,000. We're going to lay this out for Cheltenham. That's, that's, 
that's the thing. That's the general thing these days. Everyone wants to have a winner at the festival, no matter what, no matter, no, even if the prize money is less than, say, the uh, the old Schweppes gold trophy in uh, in February. You know, yeah. the, the prize money there is, is is worth more than the Cheltenham handicaps, and yet you don't get the Irish all bombing over to Newbury trying to win that. Um, it, it literally is have a, it's a winner at the Fez at all costs and that's the pinnacle or appears to be the pinnacle and do you think we place too much importance in that? Totally definitely yeah. too much importance yeah I mean how that really they're not learning are they because we shouldn't be placing so much importance in it because we can't freaking win there yeah <laughs> that's true enough yeah yeah, you know, the, the target in our arse is that races are getting stuffed in. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your, what, I tell you, before we move on, what, what's your views on um, uh, novice, for example? Uh, Ruby was quite uh, vocal on the fact that you could race over hurdles, say get a mark of 109 in the UK and then run straight over fences. His argument was, well, the two different disciplines, how on earth are you allowed to run in a in a, in a in a novice handicap chase um, off the same mark as your hurdles, Mark, without a look over fences. I get that, but like I already pointed out, what's to stop them just having a spin in a novice? It doesn't really change much, um, other than you've just you've got to have a you've got to have a spin. <laughs> you know, you've got to be held up round the back at some some gaff, and then then you turn up for your real target. Um, I think I think the problem is folks if, if you're creating handicapping systems um and and that's where most of the national hunt scene lies let's let's be fair barring the big cheltenham festival and the Dublin festival in ireland what's you know everyone's trying to line handicaps so everyone's trying to get the marks and do everything so it's just a game of you know of, of yeah messing around I, I i haven't i must admit i haven't i've got ideas but i haven't got a, a definite solution so are we agreed we we cannot solve this the way it is. Only by cutting the program vote to ribbons. Yeah. Which, which but yeah, like, yeah. So so you're saying, John, scrap the program book. Let's let's start again. Let's oh, try I, and... I, I definitely would start again. I mean yeah. I'd 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 be quite extreme about it as well. I think I'd maybe even look at the jump days and not start until December and filling in the end of the flat turf with our weather. Well mm. to well. I mean, I mean, is is that is that a problem? Too much jumps racing, you know, throughout. No, I believe so. I believe yeah, so. Yeah, I agree. Throughout the summer, it seemed to be sort of a jumps meeting every other every day. It was ridiculous. And on a Sunday, you know, at the height of the flat season, you got two two. Yeah, no, jumps I've, I've, never, I've, I've not yet met anybody that wants it. No. 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 Like you say, every, every, all the jumps fans, and you can see it on Twitter, seem to get excited. As soon as, as soon as we after the ledger, uh, on the flat, everyone's like rubbing their hands, you know, yeah. saying, "Not long now, not long now, yeah, not pro- long." Proper you know. racing start. Proper, proper, yeah, proper racing oh, starts. Christ, three, Christ. three runner novice chases. Two runner novice chases where uh, they both fall at the uh, the second last and one yeah. from Ireland. I mean, yeah, it's just he's a it's just he's. Get in touch with us. If you've got a solution, we'd like to hear it because we'll mention it on a future show. If if it's a solution that kind of works, because the current John's John's got the best solution: rip, rip the lots up and start again. He's, he's probably got you know, and get around the table and work out what is the the best way to get 
more runners in more races early on in, in national seasons. Maybe the Grand's something to do with that. You know, maybe, maybe these tracks, I mean, Cheltenham, I, I was saying to John Offair before we came on air, that, that Cheltenham now, it, it, you, when I was a youngster, it was regarded as a stiff track because it was always bottomless, you know, since they had the drainage done. Um, it literally is now. It's just all about pace and speed and, you know. I mean, look at one cool Cody in the, uh, in the Paddy Power, you know, just blasted off. And you know, unlucky loser. You know that's what I mean. It's it's it, it, when coming down. So that's what I'm saying. This is what we're dealing with. It's 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 kind of is that what we want to see as national hunt racing? You know, tracks like Cheltenham where it's just like blast off uh, on the old course, especially that you know it's it's a, it's a big front running course. And we saw it in the Paddy Power. Nothing got into it. Nothing ever had a, had a sniff that was off the pace. Hmm. Anyway, we shall move on to uh, <laughs> the the next topic, and, and a bit a big story this week, chaps, was the uh, Irish uh, uh, drug uh, drug uh, uh, malarkey. Uh, we thought this had been put to bed. Ireland kept telling us they, they've got this uh, amazing um, testing policy and everything else, and then uh, lo and behold, uh, this week there was a there was a drug raid um, on a, on an Irish property. Uh, apparently, it's a it's a it's a vet that deals with horses with tendons. There was found to be a load of uh, uh, illegal substances on the premises. Um, phones were confiscated, and on the premises was Ted Walsh, chaps. Ted Walsh. What do we make of that? He was maybe getting vetted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just find this astonishing that. I mean, after all this, and by the way, Jim Bolger comes up for a lot of stick. Noel Mead today went on, was it Look on TV on Zoom yeah. camp? You know, absolutely slating yeah. uh, Nasty Jim. He's, 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 he's literally giving him, he's giving him a very hard time. And that's where I've, I've got a problem because for, for all the evidence, he's, you know, all these trainers seem to have got a cabal where they all stick together. They all sit like Aidan O'Brien saying it's pub, pub talk. Um, Noel Mead saying, no, none of this. Um, Ted Walsh, no, never never, never seen anything like that in my life. I just train slow horses. Um, and yet, time and time again, they're finding things randomly. Um, ru- Twitter rumours are, and I, the, I can only state this is a rumour, this is what I've seen on Twitter today, that apparently... British trainers had private investigators involved to invest, and this is how it all come about. Private investigators informed the Garda, the Garda went in, and and that's how it was all found. So, but then, why why have we not why have we got not got more data? Why have we not why why don't we know ever know what the substances are? Why what you know why aren't we told what what the substances are? What what's been happening there? Um, there's nothing. They never tell anything, John. Because if it got out what's going on, I think most people would never have a bet again. Mm. You know, and they make it worse trying to keep the wraps on things because then you get your Twitter rumours and what have you, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, as I say, the likes of Ted Walsh, you know what I mean? Wonderful fellow, wonderful on the telly. I, I 
could listen to him for hours, you know, as long as you were Yeah, him, Nick Easter, Bean, John Gosden, yeah, I could listen to them, all three of them. It'd be awesome. Any of them, Chris, I could, I could just sit and listen to them as yeah. long as all they can tell is hard notes. Yeah, <laughs> sitting, at, sitting at their feet by the fireside. Tell, tell me another war story. Yeah, said. yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, they've got plenty. I've got plenty to say, but they never actually say out. No. You know, other the, the, than the, keep, the, keep the mushrooms in the dark and play, feed them plenty of shit. The, the problem is, is that you know, obviously, as we all know, horse racing constitutes such an enormous part of the Irish rural economy. Uh, you know, uh, employs so many people and keeps so many trainers and, 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 and various businesses afloat that, you know, they're always going to try and keep anything under wraps because it's such a significant employer. Uh, but they've yeah. got big problems. You know, they've got massive problems because every month something seems to seep out that this trainer or, or you know, or, or, or this is going on, or this is tested positive. But look, when you when it's such a significant part of a country's economy, then, you know, it's in everyone's interest that, to keep stum. And exactly. I mean, that's the thing from Noel Mead today. Right. How how the fuck does Noel, Noel Mead know? What's going off in other yards? He doesn't. He hasn't got a clue. He, he hasn't got a Scooby-Doo, right? So for him to make these these stupid, you know, basically criticising Jim Bolger for these, you know, for these comments, uh, same with Aidan O'Brien, et cetera, et cetera, you know, they haven't got a Scooby-Doo what's going off in other yards. None. No idea. No, yeah, none well, whatsoever. Well, where you would have pulled him on that, I don't think Nick looked in, did he? No, no. absolutely not. Just let him I, run with that unchecked. Yeah, it, it's just that's 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 the the media stance. It's it's and to be honest, I mean, I think Lydia Lydia was asked today for for some like for for an opinion on this subject, and um, she she politely, I mean, to be fair to Lydia, I, I think she's yeah. cracking, but 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 you know, she just replied and said, I, I will get round to it at some point. I'm a bit yeah. busy at the moment to write an article. I mean, it's like I'm thinking, no, 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 we we know why you're not responding on this. Yeah. You have paymasters. You you, yeah. you you cannot rock the boat. That that's no. what racing is about, not rocking the boat. Um, and the thing is, we've had ridicule before on this show for criticising the Irish runners, the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. You know, the last festival, they're absolutely blitzing the English runners. Paul Hennessy was previously done. This is this is in the public domain. This is not me making it up. Conspiracy theorists and all this rubbish. Paul Hennessy was done as a ground trainer. And he was he was banned as a ground trainer for possession of of large large quantities of drugs of, of performance enhancing drugs uh, you know for his grounds. Yeah. This is the same trainer that had a career best performance this year in the Coral Cup that was just twenty you know ten fifteen pounds maybe more in excess of anything it's ever achieved, and it's and it's won on the Billy Idol in a Coral Cup now. Are we? Is everyone just to sit silent and just and just just take it up the arse? I mean, I mean, I mean, this this is the point, you know. Do do we do we take this lip service from trainers, or do do we actually want a game where we can actually say, right, we want this up front and we want it as clean as we can possibly make it? Because I'm sorry, there's too many vested interests here that are butting in, including uh, the Irish horse racing uh, authorities that are trying to defend themselves profusely, saying no, I, I, and Things keep coming out and coming out. And I think it's like the BHA are just as bad. And so I'm not just going to signal out Ireland. I mean, you look at recent things with John Gosden, you're embarrassing. You know, like it, drug cases in this country now are brandished uh, 
as literally uh, uh, slap on the wrist offences. William Agus, 2019. Um, you know, it's all there in the public domain. Olive, Ollie Greenall. Um, you know, Kim Bailey with the um, uh, where he where he recently gave the horse Pullman, Pullman Pro. Apparently, all trainers use it, um, except. Um, I'm reading a report, it's not one of the best-selling products of the manufacturer. So if every trainer uses it, why isn't it, why isn't it a best-selling product? And secondly, it's to be used with feed, as in you mix it in with feed. Well, Kim Bailey was injecting the horse with this. So was Kim Bailey injecting his horses with that and other things to mask the the uh, the quantities of, of, of said X? Who knows? But these are the questions that should be asked by real journalists with, with integrity uh, to do the research and to make good articles. But the problem is in racing, we don't get this. And it's yeah, very, very... The, the, yeah the, you're right, Lee. The, the, the press is simply uh, a, a platform for the industry to tell the public whatever it wants. And, and I'll give you an example. Obviously, we've done it to death. But, you know, Hayley Turner saying, oh, well, the weighing room's a great place. And, and to take John's point, how would she know what the, the, the jumps weighing room's like? Absolutely yeah. no idea. She is a flat jockey. So her experience is limited to the flat weighing room. And yet she is given a, a platform uh, unchallenged to say everything's fine because that's my experience of it in a completely different forum. Uh, and a, pro a proper, proper, uh, uh, proper journalist would challenge her and would have an alternative take. But no, they just give them a platform to say whatever, the, whatever they want. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the jumps way. That's a very good point. And I'll, t I'll tell you what the jumps weighing rooms like. Um, uh, there's there's something they're sitting on at the moment, and I'm not, I can't reveal names, sure. right? And I'm not I'm not going to reveal names, but a certain uh, male jockey whipped yeah. the towel off a female jockey in yeah. the jockey's changing room for a bit of sport and fun. Yeah. Um, she she's made a complaint, yeah. and there's gonna and but again, this is this is what the horse authorities do. They don't want this in the public domain. They don't want this as in you know. Um, and that's my point of view, that that literally every time uh, we're, we're dealing with serious issues and yet um, everyone's in the dark. And as I said, th this is a BHA hearing, but, but this isn't in the press. Now, you've got to ask yourselves why this isn't the press. I know this is a fact. And in fact, if the BHA want to challenge me on this, I'll, t I'll, I'll tell them the case. But as I said, I can't do it live on air. And this is where we're at. And it's 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 not acceptable. Um, for a sport to bet on uh, up front, you know, for the future, everything else. Um, John, any thoughts? I agree with you entirely, Lee. It's not acceptable. Maybe it's a jump of the heart race betters forum to <laughs> start, ask, start asking a few awkward questions, you know. But uh, of course, as a BHA pro body, I don't think we need to be all now breath, do we? No, no. Certainly not. OK, we'll move on. Um, I mean, what do you think? Listeners, what do you think about? I mean, uh, are, are we just being conspiracy theorists? Uh, RE drugs, et cetera, et cetera. Are we unfairly singling out the Irish runners? You know, is it rife? Probably is. I don't know. This is the thing. Um, but I think we need more transparency, certainly with the, the recent articles that have come out this week. Um, OK, a question from Uncle Ernie. Um, Thanks for your question, Uncle Ernie. He says, why is the racing media full of so many pretty boys and girls? What is the obsession with bringing in ex-Love Island, D-list celebrities 
to front the sport? And why do so many presenters come across the channels, have a plum in their mouth? I could go on, he says. Who wants to start me off? I had an Uncle Ernie. (laughs) The first time I met him, we had a cup of tea, and the excitement must have got to me because I nearly went straight to sleep. And I must have tossed and turned like hell because when I woke up, my pants were off. (laughs) Did he ask you to go in his his pocket for, for a sweetie, John? Never saying much you want to learn after that. Turns out we weren't even related. Turns out we weren't even related. Yes, it's probably for a different sort of podcast, that, isn't it? Possibly. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, they are very good looking, aren't they? I mean, we we, we lurk behind a logo when we do this and probably for good reason. you know, I mean, there is a type, isn't there? It, it, it kind of as though there's a factory knocking all these people out. And, you know, if you if you don't come out of that particular mold, don't bother applying, really, you know. I mean, um, I mean sedentary, ugly old bastards like us have no chance, have we, really? I mean, well, I mean, you, you can argue, I mean, TV is a visual medium, isn't it? So unless you've got a huge amount of gravitas and you've been in the sport a long time, they're all producers are always going to look to try and recruit, you know, visually pleasing people. I think the uh, the Love Island fella, I think he's had a lot of stick in the past, hasn't he? But 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 he, he sort of does come across as an enthusiast. So I don't think he's a, a one of these characters that's just sort of been parachuted in. Uh, you know, by virtue of the fact that he's, you know, good looking and as part of a popular show. I do do think he he knows, you know, he does follow the sport. But as regards the people with plums in their uh, kind of mouths, etc. Well, look, if you're a relative of a trainer in particular, not so much jockeys, etc., you know, you're going to come from a certain social class, aren't you? And and you're going to have gone to the right schools. You're going to have, you know, the pony club and all that. So, you know, you are going to be going to be posh. So, but but my sense is, I, I agree with the correspondent. I just think it's you know a crappy mix of people, really. And I, I, surely we can do better in terms of the sort of people that are fronting the sport, rather than you know trainers, relatives, jockey spouses, etc., etc. I, I you know ITV. I just turn off now for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I mean, follow up question for you guys here because um, I'll I'll be quite passionate about this answer. Um, Andrew Woodman says, following on from this, will we ever see ITV Racing ever acknowledge the exist existence of professional and high roller gamblers in the way Channel 4 used to? And I will I will, I will expand on this um, in terms of if you remember the old the old guard uh, of Alistair Down, Frankham, McGrath, you know, McCreary, the old the old show. Um can we ever re- expect to to revert back to those times? Uh, uh, Chris, John, thoughts? Nah. No. No. Not, not, I mean, pun, punting is, you know, gambling and punting, are, it's the new tobacco. You know, they, they kind of give a grudging acknowledgement to it in the coverage they give. But I, I can't see any scenario where they're going to kind of highlight that because of all the political pressure and, the, you know, the alleged social pressure. I think racing is just a day out on the piss now, isn't it, really? As, as you could see with that thing that got a lot of stick on Friday, I think Catherine got a bit of stick. Those three characters from Siren Sister Agricultural College were dug out, weren't they, uh, by 
uh, Chris Hughes, I think it was, and sort of, you know, what are you doing, boys? And that got a lot of stick um, because they looked quite odd, didn't they? If you saw well, that, it, you three saw well, that. I, 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 it was, Catherine got a bit of stick and I thought it was unfair. Reason being because I felt she was making a point on racing and its diversity not being classist. Some some people were having a go at saying, "Oh, you 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 be you're being classist." I, she wasn't. She was basically just saying the racing stereotypical image of you know, uh, you know, <laughs> mummy sends hugs. You know, it, it's it, it's it, it, it's the kind of image that racing is desperate to well, try and change change a little bit. And and gone, Chris. No, I'm just saying, well, I mean, my point on that is, I mean, I think she, she was unfairly given a bit of stick. I mean, that, that piece there was quite obviously set up, right? So your man wasn't just walking walking through Tattersalls and happened upon three likely lads for a chat. You know, they, they were obviously singled out because of uh, the unusual haircuts they sported, you know, hairdressing by Stevie Wonder, and the fact that they looked <laughs> like the fucking works do from Area 51. Right, so a <laughs> breakout. I mean, they they looked peculiar, didn't they? And, and I think, and I think the points that some of the Twitter correspondents made that say, "Oh, you're discouraging young people." Look, you know, I don't know Siren Sester Agricultural College, but I'll have a fiver with anyone to say that you know, if, if any college doesn't need racing promoting, it's that. It's it's the you know uh, sort of county set, the horsey set. They know very well what racing is all about. And I think that piece was just simply a bit tongue in cheek because they looked quite unique, didn't they? To put it mildly. John. Uh, Just a glaring example of everything that's wrong with the country. Mm. (laughs) That's quite a broad point, isn't it? Yeah. In all honesty. I mean, mean, let's be fair Johnson could eat a baby live on TV and they would still work on him. Yeah. I've got this Austin Powers, uh, you know, like uh, fat bastard image. I eat babies. <laughs> yeah. You ever? I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I ate a baby. <laughs> Get in my belly. Yeah. John has this thing with me. Every time he says something, I, I sometimes think in picture images uh, throughout this podcast, and, and that was it. That was the first. As soon as he said it, uh, Johnston could eat a baby live on, and then up came uh, Austin Powers character. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, I'll, I'll 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 come back to her. Um, so yeah, great questions, guys. Um, what would you like to see, listeners? You know, would you like the old days of Alistair Down being drunk in, on a morning? Um, you know, probably on the spoon the night before. Um, but but chatting, racing, and 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 getting to the heart of betting like Big Mac used to. What would you like? You know, or is this uh, is this new younger Love Island scene uh, your thing? I don't know. Um, it's hard to say, but um, certainly I know which camp I'm in. The, the the old the old guard for me every time. Um, right, Mike Owens has been on for a question, and he said, can you discuss, guys, the standard of modern national hunt jockeyship? And I thought I'd start us off, really, because when you consider that, that, that our, our jockey coaches, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got David Cross 
um, being a jockey coach, etc. Richard Perham running the uh, the Northern Racing School for young yeah. jockeys. Um, I, I'm. Uh, I mean, do I need to go on? I mean, thoughts on this? <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, uh, I, I, I just think we had better jockeys before we had racing schools. Yeah. And I, I don't think the two things are completely separate issues. Um, when you look at the roster of people that's training jockeys and uh, the, the factory mentality that is now churning out jockeys. Um, and I think that applies to both codes, to be honest. I think um, slowly but surely we're eradicating the R from jockeyship. And uh, when again, when you look at the roster of people doing the teaching, there is little wonder because there is very little natural talent on display there. Yeah, I, I mean that, that's the what. Why why don't say past um, champion like somebody like a Kieran Fallon? Why don't why don't they pay? Why don't they pay them enough to to do this kind of job and and actually teach jockeys? Better skills than what David Cross and Richard Perham are going to oh. going to teach him. Betfair module for Fallon, wouldn't it? That'd be a lot whole. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <Fucking>. yeah, this, <laughs> this is this is this is where to sit when when you you know yeah exactly Gary, yeah. Gary Carter yeah Dale McEwen yeah <laughs> bring the lads all back fucking John Egan yeah fucking that's what we want to see. Yeah, week, yeah. week's worth of horse riding. The rest is trading, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You could do, do video sessions. This is the pink button ride. Get rid of yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get that in your armoury and you'll get many rides from many different owners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, quite, quite right, yeah. 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 But anyway, Mike, yeah, I mean, st- current standard of, of, of national jockey, I do think it comes from that. Because why is it then that Irish riders um, are better than ours? They are, they are. Look look at the, the, the talent that comes through there. You know, that's why we import half of them, etc. You know, Who are the instructors at the Irish racing school? <laughs> not sure, probably Jim Bolger. <laughs> probably, probably. As far as I'm aware, don't have they just have people like Nasty Jim telling jockeys how to go on. I think that's it. I think I think they have they have they have like teachers in yards, you know, like yeah. like like some, something like a Jim Bolger. You know, McCoy come through Jim Bolger, um, etc. I just think whatever the Irish do, it's the right way because there's number number of times you look in Ireland, you'll see like seven pound claimers in Ireland that look better than some of our professionals. Um, and it's true. That's that's one of the skills I think to find good punts. You know, look for, look for these new Irish claimers that are on the scene. Watch the riding style, and sometimes you think you cannot tell the difference. They probably like the experience, obviously, because they've not had as many rides. The but worst the ballad, they claim some of them in the right circumstances. Absolutely, that's a skill for your punting. Um, you know, to be able to to be able to spot one nice and early. Not when the me- if the media pick up on it, then then it's no good. It's finished. But you know, if you can spot one just before, that's that's the skill. Um, you know, I often like doing that. Um, and Catherine Fry, to be fair, as you know, told me about my national hunt punting and um, and said that I don't pay enough attention to, to jockey skills. And she's right, because 
There, you've got things like Richard Johnson in the the latter years of his of his riding. He was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. I'm, you know, we'll call it out here. We're not like the media. He was awful. Um, yes. And and there's other jockeys that just you you just. I mean, Harry Skelton obviously has come coming for a lot of criticism. Um, and I think some of it is a little bit harsh. Um, if 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 I'm being trying to be fair here, because. Harry Skelton, I don't think he's as as, as bad as Decky in his last two years. It's just I just think he just lacks that poise in certain races and often makes some howler decisions, kicks on too soon in big races. Uh, possibly should have done this, should have done that. I, I don't think it's as bad as Decky to be honest. But as I said, the the Irish um, lads and lasses seem to hold the uh, the cards uh, over 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 the uh, the British lads and lasses. And I, I, like you said, John says, is that the way that they brought up, you know, through through the, the the ranks in Ireland? Do they need a racing school, or do you just get nasty Jim to give you a a dose of what's required? I don't know, um, but certainly our jockey coaches aren't um, aren't the best. Um, Harry Sutton's been on, and he said, I don't know if you've any, if you've seen this ride on on the old weather on Friday at Newcastle on Lahore. And I think John, you've tipped this up this season, Lahore. Did you, did you see this on Friday? I did indeed. And, uh, my friend Tony Calvin mentioned this on Twitter on Friday as well. Yeah. And he was waiting to say, uh, head on of the, uh, the ride, um, from the side, it looked absolutely deplorable to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no. How many winners have you ridden? That's what I want to know. <laughs> um, probably one more winning. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it was just a half-assed effort from 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 where I was sitting, as though there was there was no attempt made to actually win the race, and the fact that it he wasn't asked in for an explanation, he. He still went in and told them, repeatedly denied a clear run, which, again, uh, I'd love to see the head on of the, the film because I just, well, it, it, it goes on up to rides like this, and if, if they're strong in the betting, they rarely get rides like that. Yeah. I mean... I mean... <sighs> For me, Lahore's always been a bit of a tricky customer, as it, as it is a dropout ride. But having watched it, um, I've just got to say, in my opinion, it, it wasn't off. Um, that's that's just how it is. Um, I, I don't I don't think I don't think it was busy, and and that that's like like John says. I think the lack of the lack of action from the stewards at times is is making the game very easy for these people. Very easy. And a lot easier than, than us punters that have affordability checks and all sorts. At very uh, worst, they should have said they were recording his explanation. Yeah. Yes. That's the absolute worst scenario. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, from watching that as skewered, they should have been sending a state to affect him and the minute he's straight to the ground. Yeah, I mean, look, I, the, the, there's, there's, so, there's so many of this thing that goes goes uh, undetected, and um, it is disappointing, um, bitterly disappointing uh, from, from a punting perspective. Lots of people mentioned this on on Twitter, uh, so thanks for your for your point, Harry Sutton. Um, we've got it mentioned. Dave would have won on it. 
think Dave would have won on it, I think. Um, yeah. I think Dave is too thick to not try. So, yeah. like you said, John, uh, you know, I think, think, think Dave would have won the day. Um, I was, I was, I was kind of hoping that Martin Dwyer would get pipped on um, oh, me now. Yeah, on, on, on pile driver, and, yeah, and then I was gonna, I was literally going to tweet. Thick Dave would have won on that. <laughs> it, it, it's a pity, really, that Thick Dave's not a racing KV ambassador, isn't it? You know, yeah. what we've been thinking <laughs> that, you know, uh, we could give him a bit of a leg up because he's so thick. Yeah, you know. hey, good good golfer is Dave. Plays off five, Dave Allen. Good golfer. Yeah. So anyone wants him play him at golf, he's not so thick at golf. But he is, he's, he's really off 12 when he plays off five. He's that thick. <laughs> <laughs> he that's it. Yeah. He's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, right. Um, before we come on to our final question, uh, Michael Toms has been on and he just wanted to mention about third time look eight. And he said, um, uh, this will probably turn up at Cheltenham. Uh, and you know, beat in uh, the festival, beat nothing. Um, I, I take it, chaps, we're 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 a layer in the arc, aren't we? Of third time lucky. I mean, John, do you, do you think third time lucky would be some better somewhere like Kempton? Just just a nice flat, easy bowl. Yeah. Um, absolutely. um my my yeah. I I at the rate at the pace the arc yeah. is run at, I can't see. Third time lucky winning an Arkle. Can you? Can can you, Chris? Um, I, I'm, I don't think it will, but I'm not so much in the anti camp uh, as a lot of people. I wouldn't put a big fat line through it yet, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be uh, better prospects come out from the Emerald Isle sooner rather than later. But but I don't think it's as uh, a, a sort of a, what's the word. Um, a sort of a straw tiger that everyone's saying it is. I think yesterday wasn't ideal, but I think you know its first lob round I thought was pretty impressive. So I wouldn't write it off, but no, it wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be on you know on the short list. Put it that way. Mm. I, I wouldn't be a layer leaver. I'd, I'd no, say there's absolutely zero chance of me backing it for the no, I think I think that's probably yeah probably what I'm saying. I wouldn't want to bet against it, but you, I wouldn't have it on my side necessarily. I, I thought it was tired crossing the line. I thought Captain Tomcat, I did not feel might come back at it, you know. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I thought, thought, I thought it was genuinely dosing. tired. I thought it was tired. I thought it was dosing mm. a little bit. Mm. Possible. Well, that's it. That's opinions. I mean, yeah. I genuinely, because after the, I always watch them after the line, and yeah. literally, the horse had got into a, <laughs> the horse had got into a walk quicker than me after like ten pints. You know, I, oh, I was, I, 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 I done. Um, yeah, it was, it was that kind of thing for me. But anyway, that's opinions on that one. But yeah, I, I don't think we're any any of the backers, uh, Michael, on um, third time lucky. Uh, final question of the show, and thank you for your questions because you do make the show, and we do appreciate it. And it comes from Ollie Keynes, and he says, not along the usual theme of the show, but I wondered if you could recommend any gambling-related books that you have found useful or interesting. Um, I can start us off, chaps. Um, yeah. And it's a it's a book that's really hard to find, and I've done this on purpose because yeah. you'll struggle. Um, it's called Winning Thoroughbred Strategies, and it's by Dick Mitchell. Um, it was written in the seventies, a great era, better era than nowadays. Um, and <laughs> and um, it's a book I often refer to in dark times, also because 
in it is a lot of mindset things from the past and reminding you yourself why you stand out from the crowd. It's a very, very, not only has he got mindset strategies, but it's also, he's a very clever fellow ahead of his time. And it teaches you the ropes of the game and how you should be approaching the game. Uh, so that's by Dick Mitchell, Winning Thoroughbred Strategies. You can probably get it on Amazon. I don't think you can buy it new. Um, hopefully it'll be about 40 or 50 pounds a copy, which I've seen, and that'll skin you alive. Um, <laughs> I've got one, you haven't. So, so yeah, Dick Mitchell, Winning Thoroughbred Strategies. Um, this is a book I would never part with, and I often refer back to it, which is a sign of the times of the book, how long it's been written, and also the fact that I still go back to it. So there we go. That's yep. that's my recommendation. So, Chris, I'll come to you. Any any books you can recommend? Yeah, I, I, I can't sort of trump that for um, sort of unavailability, although I'm just looking at it now. Anything by Mark Coton, who I think I've mentioned before, my favourite is 100 Hints for Better Betting. And he is, I think, unparalleled, not so much in, in, in talking about, you know, uh, winner finding methods because you've you got to find your own strategies. But but he talks, yeah. he, he's searingly honest about the uh, the kind of the emotional impact that betting for a living has on an individual. And I think one, one of the best stories is how he, you know, he, 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 you know, he's got two quick stories. Basically, one, he, he finds a horse at 12 to one. He rushes down to the phone box. Uh, to, to nab the 12 to one and he can't remember his account number and so ultimately <laughs> by the time he remembers it the price has collapsed he sort of slammed the phone down in fury and of course the horse dots up and the other one is and you'll remember this he, he finds a he finds a paul felgate trained sprinter right that he thinks is massively overpriced and he's excited all day he's pacing the room he gets the price and, and you know it's an evening meeting and he gets himself down to the betting shop and he's you know he he knows with absolute certainty that this horse is near as damn it gonna win and of course what happens he gets fucking nutted on the line and and, and the way he <laughs> described it is akin to seeing you know first he's beset with impotent fury which i think is a great way of uh, of describing and then the feeling that engulfs him thereafter is that if he's been witness to a car crash and this lasts sort of two days. And, and I think that resonates with anybody that's had a seriously big bet that they're really confident of. And it just gets done on the line. And I think he, he, he writes beautifully. He's a very bright guy, clearly. Um, you know, he's very honest. He couldn't make the game pay. But the way he describes the emotions that pundits feel is definitely worth trying to find anything by Mark Cope. That's my, my yeah. My. I agree. I, I I've got I have got a, a Mark Curtin book. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, one of them anyway. Um. Yeah. So it's it, it's it certainly I agree agree with you, Chris. There, that's a good recommendation. John, anything you're in? Yeah. Here's one for when you've read all the textbooks and you put them all into practice, and it's still gone wrong for you. <laughs> And your life's in a bit of a, a dead end, and, and really, you're just you're trying to pick a bridge, really, uh, to jump off. And this <laughs> this gives you an alternative out. Yeah. This is a book by Luke Ryan Hart called The Dice Man. The book tells the story of a psychologist, curiously named Luke. Who, feeling bored and unfulfilled in his life, starts making decisions based on the roll of a dice. 
Now, it starts off very low-key, you know. I watch an hour in the breakfast, you know, pay a coffee, you know, for the day, so on and so forth. It then graduates to sex, rape, murder, dice parties, breakouts <laughs> yeah. by psychiatric patients, corporate, governmental machines being put in a spin. Um, there's also a cult that starts up around him after people get to know what he's doing. And there's... <laughs> wow. uh, they have uh, something called the Fuck Without Fear for Fun and Profit program. Um, <laughs> that sounds like something Tories would come up with. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic read, and hopefully it'll put ideas in a few people's heads and they'll start giving it a whirl with the dice. So, jo- so, so, John, can, can you just repeat that, what that title is, please, again? Just just, just in case anyone's missed it, you know, they don't have to rewind. So what's the title again? It's called Dice Man by Luke Reinhardt. The Dice Man by Luke Reinhardt. £8.99 reckon... on Amazon or three ninety nine Kindle edition. Looking yeah. at it now. John's, John's on 30% kickback, yeah. but I recommend that's a, an absolute maximum bet. For a Christmas stocking, if you're that way out, something like something like John Nolan would bounce, would be bouncing. Yeah, well, if I, had, if I had three fucking quid, I'd buy it. But it's a lovely yeah. stocking, like that. Honestly, yeah. Can, can you give yeah. us the lend of it? Like I've got three ninety nine <laughs> after today, so um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, a stocking full of for a bar steward. You know, this this kind of fits the podcast as 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 John is chief bar steward. I like it. Right. That, I hope you've enjoyed this show and, and certainly some great recommendations there. That's all from me, John and Chris. We've enjoyed this today. Some great, great banter as always. Uh, we're back on Friday. Um, I'm going to bring the Franks back into the fray if, he, if he's amenable uh, for, the, for the tipping. Everyone loves Franks because we're shit. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, so we'll get the Franks back in for some flat action. I think there's Lingfield and Wolves next Saturday. We might as well concentrate on that instead of the, yeah. this this jump racing. Um, anyway, so but we'll be back on Friday at usual time. We hope you enjoyed the show. We love you all, and thanks for your questions. Bye for now. Right, the show's over, boys. Thank you very much.